0: Welcome to The Baptist Pulpit. This podcast is designed to introduce to the audience Baptist preachers both living currently in America or across the world, and also to introduce classic speakers, men of the past that were Baptist preachers that have inspired men like myself for years to preach the word of God. And they also, through their preaching, highlight Baptistic principles. Our featured speaker for today on the Baptist pulpit is evangelist Darcel McCoy. He passed away in a tragic accident uh, with a drunk driver in March of 2001. He was raised in the city of Gary, Indiana, I came to Christ and became a preacher of the Word of God. He pastored there in Gary, and then uh, was led to Fairhaven Baptist Church and Fairhaven Baptist College, and his ministry then expanded, and he would travel across the nation, across the world. He also became known for his singing, uh, had heartfelt singing. Pray that you enjoy the preaching of the Word of God today on the Baptist Pulpit. Remind you to look up thebaptistpulpit.com, look at other podcasts and other authors as you are enjoying this preaching today. All right,
1: it's good to be back home. We've had some extensive travels, been very busy this summer. Spent um, all, excuse me, a couple of weeks in uh, New York City, and that's a good place to be from. (laughs) But it was exciting. We got a chance to work in some inner city churches and saw some people saved, and tremendous uh, ministries going on in some of these most unlikely places. Um, I'm thinking of a brother in, in um, New York City in Queens, a little area called Queens Village uh, by the name of Barker, brother Jim Barker, He's gotten a, a very exciting work there. He just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, brought in a Spanish pastor from, um, from Los Angeles and they, they, they've gone to two separate services because he had such a large part of the congregation was Spanish-speaking only. And so I had my first opportunity to uh, preach through an interpreter. So that was exciting, it really was. man. Y- y'all try that sometime, boy. You you get the rolling with that, you know. And uh, but that was good. <clears throat> and uh, but he's got a real exciting work m- meeting in a daycare center. You know, one of the things you find in the, especially in those inner city works is that there's just no property. There, there, there's no you know buildings just sitting around. And so you find guys in daycare centers and things like that, and uh, surprisingly doing tremendous work uh, for the Lord. Now, they uh, just got news recently that they're going to be getting a building that they can rent and possibly later on buy. And so we had a really good time. We're going to be going back to New York City uh, next summer for a time and preaching there in some churches. And uh, uh, we were in Philadelphia also. Now, if there's any place worse than New York City, it's Philadelphia. Uh, If any of you are here from Philadelphia, you know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) That place is bad, man. Uh, I guess the thing that sticks out in my mind, probably in my family's mind, by by the way, I had my wife and children, we were all together for almost two months and uh, going to some of these places, but graffiti, man, everywhere you go, graffiti. The only thing that uh, I saw that wasn't written on was uh, people's personal cars. And, pr- and probably the front of their houses. Everything else, commercial vehicles, mailboxes, uh, fire hydrants, cans on the street, everything had graffiti. You know, rocks, you know, they a rock, you know, piece of paper, man, it's written on everything. And, uh, but, uh, and, and, and everything is locked up, man. Everything, every store's got steel shutters in front of it. Uh, vans, you know, vans with windows in them have, uh, 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 Wire and uh, bars and bars on vans, you know, it's crazy. This one guy, <laughs> he had his van stolen, so he, he, he came up with some device that every night when he parks his van, he takes the steering wheel out, <laughs> takes it in the house. <laughs> unreal, man. It, it, it's unreal. Yet, in the midst of what, you know, we'd look at in a natural sense and say that, you know, there's no way that, that anybody could be living here, let alone doing the work here yet there's people that God is using and, and churches that are being built. And uh, we took a whole lot of pictures, and hopefully I'm going to put together a slide presentation and uh, be able to show it maybe here maybe some other places. But I think without a doubt we need to get a burden for the inner cities. And I think that just, just as we have burdens for uh, other countries and things like that, there's there's huge pockets of, of uh, uh, you know, you'd call foreigners or, you know, people that speak other languages all over the country that are not being reached very effectively. I mean, you know, just in Queens Village, there are thousands of Spanish people that, that I mean, they're just Spanish-speaking people, and you, don't, and you go into some of the neighborhoods, all the signs are Spanish, that's all they speak is Spanish, and you think you were in Puerto Rico or Mexico if you went there. And, and the same with, uh, there are some areas that are so, you know, just so overwhelmingly uh, filled with people from the Caribbean, you know, from the Bahamas and places like that. And, uh, you know, these people tend to group together, and you go in these areas, and, and you find hundreds and sometimes thousands of these people in an area that, that has no real uh, gospel outreach. You know, you figure a place like New York City or Philadelphia, you've got millions of people in a metropolitan area, and you've got two or three, you know, four or five good churches that are, that are doing the work, and it's just a drop in the bucket, you know, really. Uh, you know, we look at 250,000 people in a metropolitan area, and that's huge to us. And uh, one of the boroughs in some of those places has, you know, you know two or three million people or something, you know. So uh, I would say just, you know, pray for the uh, inner cities, pray for the folks that God has called there, and I'm praying that God will call more people to, uh, to the inner city uh, to do a work for Him. Now. Um, I'm going to try to be short tonight. <laughs> I've tried that many times. <laughs> I never have done it. Yeah. But uh I'm going to tell you like uh Elizabeth Taylor told her fifth husband, I won't keep you long. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that while I was out. I just had to figure a way to get that in there, you know. <laughs> now that's good. All right. Now some of y'all can use it. You don't have to say you heard it from me. You know, you can use it, some of you preach it. Second Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine. At the stewardship banquet's coming up next Thursday. Tonight we're going to preach a message on giving. pray that you'll let the Lord deal with your heart about this very important matter. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Now we're going to pray, and then after we pray we'll look at the scriptures. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and we thank you, Lord, that your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrows, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our hearts. And so tonight, Father, I pray that you'll help me to preach your word, God, that our hearts will be dealt with, and I pray the Holy Spirit will do a precious work in our lives and our hearts tonight, help us to make some real decisions and some right decisions about this matter of giving, and God, we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Second 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse number 6, it says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. I want to talk to you tonight about bountiful giving. Bountiful giving. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. This message tonight could be called giving with a blessing. Giving with a blessing. And the reason that that's so is because that word bountiful in, in, in verse 6 is not really the word that, that's used in verse 5. You look at verse 5. And verse 5 says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Now, in that verse, God uses the word bounty in the, in the normal sense that we would think of the word. Abundance, you know, something that's overflowing, something that's exceeding. But yet, for God's own purposes, and, and, and God never puts anything in the Bible for, by, by accident, it's all there for his purpose and, and, and for a reason. When you get to verse 6, he changes Although we have the same word in English, yet the, the, the actual meaning of the word changes. Where it doesn't primarily mean bountiful in the sense of abundance and overflowing in that sense. The word literally means a blessing. It means with a blessing. It's the same word that, that we use the English word eulogy. Eulogy. You know, we have a funeral. Somebody's there, you know, and we say good things about them. That, that's called a eulogy speaking well of. And in verse 6 he says, God says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully, or he which soweth with a blessing, shall reap also with a blessing. And God tonight, listen, God is challenging you and I to not just give, but to give with a blessing. To give in such a way That it will eulogize our lives. To give in such a way, now listen, that what we give will speak well of our lives. It's sort of a living eulogy. Now, all of us give in one way or another. But the question is tonight do you give with a blessing? Do you give in such a way that it speaks well of your spirituality? That it speaks well of your relationship with God. That it speaks well of your uh, Christianity. And do you give in such a way that God can, can can in turn be a blessing to you? See? See, that's the secret of giving. It's not just shelling out a few bucks and, and going home and and, and and being satisfied that I gave, you know, when the, you know, the uh, People knock at your office door, you know, they want a contribution for muscular dystrophy or something like that, or, you know, the little kid standing outside the grocery store with a coffee can and, you know, uh, 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 collecting money for his Little League team or their drum and bugle corps or something like that, you know, and, you know, maybe, you know, last month you put a nickel in some kid's bucket and you, you know, you satisfied. I gave, you know, I took care of it. That's not the kind of giving that God's talking about, friend. God is saying that we need to not only give, but we need to give bountifully, in other words, with a blessing, you see. Our giving is a testimony of our lives. And boy, oh boy, if we can see that tonight, if we could see that our giving speaks of us. My giving, what I put in the plate, what I pledge to do, what I commit to do. Man, that is me. That is my life. That is my testimony. It's more than just a couple of bucks. It's more than just $50. Friend, it's my testimony. It's my faith. It's my love to God. And so it's not only that we give that's important, but it's how we give that is important. See? God didn't just, you know, just throw something in there for filler. God didn't just put that in there you know, just so it'd be some interesting reading, God wants us to see something, see? That our giving must not only be, uh, consist of what we give, but how we give and the heart that we have and, and, and the desire that we have to please God. That, that, that's what's behind giving with a blessing, see? It's the person that says, man alive, I love God and I want to show it in my giving, I'm right with God in my heart. I want to show it in my giving. I'm sincere. I'm sold out to God. And I want my giving to reflect that. That's what he's talking about. Bountiful giving. It's not just how much. Man, Jesus stood by the treasury watching these rich folks throw in their cash, man, and and sticking out their chest. And there wasn't but one person that gave bountifully, and that was the, the, the widow who cast in all she had. Why? Because that two mites was a eulogy of her life. And it wasn't just the two mites that were cast in. Listen, her life was cast in. And some of us here tonight have a hard time with this thing of giving because we haven't cast in our lives yet. Huh? Bountiful giving. How do you give tonight? God is challenging us through his word, friend. To be a bountiful giver. To give with a blessing. To give a eulogy. Huh? Huh? Man. Tremendous opportunity. I don't have to wait till I'm dead and stretched out across the altar. And have a preacher give a eulogy of my life. Huh? I can give a eulogy of my life, friend, every time I give. Amen. Huh? Giving with a Blessing. What a challenge. But I just hope tonight that you get challenged. To just look at your giving in a, just, just a kind of different way. I don't think there's many in here that would say, I don't want to give anything. I think most of us in here would say, man, I want to give. I want to be a part of what's going on. I know God's blessing this church. I want to give. But I think there's some real meat here that if we'd grab a hold to. I, I really think it could revolutionize our lives as far as our giving. Let's look at a couple of things here. First of all, I see here that, 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 that if we're going to be a bountiful giver, then there is a principle that must be understood. A principle that must be understood. God is a God of principles, and God operates on principles, and God gives us principles. He throws principles out there for us to live by. And if you're wise, if you've got a lick of sense, then you'll take those godly principles that God has laid out, you'll take those godly principles that God has put before you, and you will seek to understand that principle and you will operate your life in the realm of that godly, God-given principle. And God lays out a principle here for us concerning bountiful and giving. And, 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 and look at it in verse 6. The principle involves sowing and reaping. It's the principle of sow, sowing and reaping. But this I say... He which soweth sparingly. Now, that word sparingly simply means stingily. He that gives in a stingy way. Huh? Cheap. Huh? I think tonight some of us, the birds that fly through the air have got our number. Because when they fly over our house, they go cheap, 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 cheap. Amen. You got some witnesses sitting in the tree outside your window singing a song to you of your cheapness. Cheap, 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 cheap. And God says his principle is that if you give cheaply, stingily, you're going to receive in the same way. Now that is a principle to live by. Same way you give. Man, you pinch it off to God, you know. And that's somehow we pinch it off to God. Huh? My tithe is $2.55. <laughs> I won't even round it off to $3. That's cheap, man. Hey, Amen. Come on, just sit there and look at me. I'm gonna preach it anyway, man. Some of you calculator givers. Hey, Amen. You to throw your calculator away and get on your stinking knees and ask God what he wants you to give and stop being cheap, amen? It's a principle. It's not just, you know, it's not just something I made up just to have a good time, yell at you and do that. It's a principle, man. He, this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also how? Sparingly. And, he doesn't stop there, he which soweth bountifully, he which soweth with a blessing, he which soweth and says, man, this is my life, this is my testimony, God, how, you know, his attitude in how much do, you know, do I have to give, it's God, how much can I give? That person, he which soweth with a blessing, he which soweth bountifully shall reap also with a blessing, shall also reap bountifully. Now, how's your reaping? Amen. You have trouble with the reaping? And go back to the sowing. Amen. Friend, listen to me tonight. The principle must be understood because listen, it works in every area of our lives. Every area, every area of our lives, this principle holds true, you. and you'll find out about all of God's principles. God's principles are not uh, subject to circumstances. God's principles are not subject to uh, a my little situation. God's principles work every time and in every situation. Huh? Look at Proverbs chapter 13. I'll give you the one that the kids wish it didn't work so Well, with Proverbs 13. Verse number 24. You know this verse. But most of us, or many of us, or some of us, don't apply the principle. Huh? Proverbs 13 24. He that spareth his rod, huh? Hateth his son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him betimes. Now what's God saying? In dealing with discipline in our children, if we want to reap bountifully from their lives one day, if we want their lives to be a blessing one day, then we better sow bountifully with the rod. Amen. Now, we say amen to that. Say amen to that. Amen. But why don't we practice that? As folks in this room right now, you don't practice it. And, and, and listen, you sow sparingly in that area, and you reap sparingly. Amen. You reap a brat. You reap somebody's spits in your face. How are you sowing in that area? <laughs> Amen? He that sows, same principle. It's a different situation, right? Same principle, it, but just, it applies to every situation. Man, on our jobs, huh? At work. Look at Proverbs chapter 10. I don't have time to go into a lot of different things, but just, I just pull out a couple of things. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. Huh? Here's your hands. Here's your work. And instead of you being diligent in your work, you you spare. You work sparingly. God says you're going to be poor. Poor. Amen. Huh? You know, there's some things we need to stop blaming on the devil. And look at our own hands and look at our own character and look at our own lives. Amen. God says, He that, it's right there in verse 4, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Amen. A guy works hard, he's diligent, he don't cut out from work, he doesn't miss days, he doesn't fool around, he's faithful. Normally, that person's going to be a very successful worker. Amen. Same principle, just applied to a different area of life. God's principles work every time, friend, in every situation. And so God says, he that soweth sparingly, he that giveth stingily, now look, man, you know, you give whatever way you want to give. But I me to tell you something. When we ignore God's principles, we are very foolish. Amen. Oh, my. Whatever. When we ignore God's principles, we are very foolish. How, how do we think we're going to prosper? How do we think that God's going to bless us, man? And we're dodging God's principles. We're trying to get around God's principles. We're trying to shortcut God's principle, it'll never work. It'll never work. Amen. It hadn't worked for anybody else, and it won't work for you either. It just won't work. You're not going to violate God's principles and be blessed anyway. You got your own way. Huh? Amen. That's why some of us in the mess we're in now. We got our own way. Huh? We better find God's way, friend. Amen. A principle to be understood. Boy, we need to understand that. We need to just more than amen it. We need to just more than agree with it mentally and theologically and doctrinally. Man, we need to understand this principle. It works in every area of our lives. Every, every area. It works every time in every area of our lives without fail. Now, Galatians 6, you're not know, turned to turn to it. We know what Galatians 6 says. Be not deceived in verse 6. God is not mocked. You're not going to fool God. You're not going to pull the wool over God's eyes. You're just not going to do that. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. Huh? See? We're dealing with God. We're not dealing with some man. We're not dealing with some, uh, somebody that we can, you know, fudge on. And, and, and God is not mocked! See? He's going to have the final word. He's the inspector. And he knows, see? He knows. So he's going to make sure that it works. Let's look at a few passages of Scripture concerning that principle because it's all through the Bible. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 24. Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 24. All right. Proverbs 11, 24 says, There is that scattereth and yet increase it. Wow. Doesn't that go against the wisdom of the world? Huh? Man, there is that scattereth. Man, it, just whew, whew. huh? Can you picture a farmer? A sower? Huh? Sower is just another word for a farmer. And he's got seed in his hand. Everywhere he goes, man. All over his property. Man, he, he, he's looking for acreage that he can buy, so he can do what? Huh? He'll lease some land from somebody so he can, what? Scatter. So he can, huh? Huh? And God says, He there is that scattereth and yet increases. Now, it seems like, man, the more, man, what's he going to have for himself? Well, listen, right now, he may not have very much. But he's not living for the right now. He's got his eye on the future. And ain't that where we are so many times? That's how we get all fouled up. We're looking at the now. We're looking at the immediate gratification, fulfilling the desire now. We don't have an eye toward the future. And we eat up the seed corn. Huh? We eat the seed that ought to be planted. And man, you say, what happens? Then the principle goes to work against you. When God's design is, it for, is for it to work for us. But if we don't follow it, friend, it will work against us just as surely and powerfully as it will work for us. See? <laughs> there is that scattereth, yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet, more than he ought to withhold, more than he should hold, more than he ought to hold. But it tendeth to poverty... Think about a farmer now. God gives us illustration of a farmer. The more he plants, the more he what reaps or gets. The less he plants, the less he reaps. Amen. Man, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what God's saying. He's talking to you and me, man. I'm not a farmer. You know, you might think I am, but I'm not a farmer. I don't have corn seed in my pocket. Got this is seed, man. That's really all it is. Huh? Hey, Amen. And God says he that No, I better not do that. These <sighs> <laughs> college boys eyes got that big, man. <laughs> Maybe dumb, but I ain't stupid. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meet, but it tendeth to poverty. Man, it's going to make you poor. Verse 25, the liberal soul shall be made fat, amen, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself, man. All of that's saying the same thing that God says in, in, in 2 uh, second, uh, second Corinthians 9. He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And we want to reap, man. We want to get the goods, man. We want people to get, we want to be watered. The way to get watered, friend, is not to water yourself. The way to get watered is to water. Amen. Huh? And we need to understand that very vital principle. And we need to practice it in our lives. We need to practice it, friend. It's a principle to be understood. It's a principle to be grabbed a hold to. It's a principle to live by. To live by, as you see. He that sowed sparingly. Man, if you're gonna be stingy with anybody, don't be stingy with God. Amen. Huh? There's a song that goes you can't beat God given. I like that song. You can. Sounds kind of bluesy. Be God-giving. But the words are true. No matter how you try, the more you give, the more he gives to you. Huh? It's true. It's true. You can't out God. Amen. You can't outgive him. He's not going to be beholden to you and me. He's not going to be in debt to you and me, friend. Amen. He's a big God. <laughs> Amen. He's a big God. Amen. Huh? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hey, he owns the hills that's under the cattle. Amen. Huh? He's a big God. Hey, let's, let's, let's understand that principle and apply it to our life. Uh, look at Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. Verse number 38, Luke chapter 6 and verse number 38. A bountiful giver. given with a blessing. Luke 6 and verse 38. Notice what the Bible says in Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Same principle. Give and it shall be given unto you. No matter what you give no matter what you give, give and it shall be given unto you. All right, that's in general. Then he gets specific. Again in verse 38, he says, give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, amen, shall men give into your bosom. Now, there's not a person, I don't care what you say, there's not a person in here that would not love to receive in that way. We all want to receive in that way. We all want to reap with a blessing, but if we could see tonight, friend, the key is learning to give with a blessing. The receiving and the reaping part will take care of itself. God will take, it won't take care of itself. God will take care of it. Huh? I mean, look at the rest of that verse. For with the same measure that ye meet, withal, it shall be measured to you again. Now, so the question is not, not what you're getting. The question is, are you giving out with a teaspoon? And expecting shovels fulls back? Huh? Or are you just saying, man, this is a blessing, boy. I tell you what, this is my life. It's my love. It's my, it's my walk with God. It's my spirituality. Bless God. Give me a dump truck, God. Give me, a, 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 give me one of Dean's a diggers, amen. Give me something, amen. Woof. Huh? That's what God's talking about. That, that, that's the kind of giving that God blesses. That's the kind of giving that is a eulogy, a living eulogy, friend, for our lives. That's the kind of giving that is a testimony of a person who loves God and is sold out to God. A principle to be understood. And then next we see a priority to be, uh, to be set, a principle to, to be understood but also a priority to be set. If we're going to give bountifully, if we're going to give with a blessing, then we've got to set some priorities in our lives. And some of us here today, we haven't got that priority thing taken care of. We're in the right place, and you know, we know the right words to say and all this kind of stuff, but we haven't got this priority thing taken care of yet. See? Notice what he says in verse 7. Verse 6, he gives us the principle to, to be understood, but in verse 7... He gives us the priority to be set. Every man, every man, every one of us, I don't care if you're a teenager, I don't care who you are, every man, according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Did you see that? Every man as he purposeth in his heart. Every man, as he sets the priority list in his heart, you give according to the priority list that's in your heart. You give according to what you have preferred in your heart. You give according to the choices that you have made in your heart. And you are right now giving at the level of your priorities. Amen. It's the truth. We give. Where our heart is. Amen. If our heart is given over to God. (laughs) Listen. It is an issue of the heart. It is a heart matter. It is spiritual. It is a matter of our spirituality. It is not just money. It's a matter of our heart. And our relationship to our God. And I guess the real question. Of priorities ought to be. Where is your heart tonight? Where is your heart? Hmm? It's easy to see the kind of haircut you got. It's a little harder to see where your heart is. It's easy to see where your neckline is or your hemline is. It's a little harder to see where your priorities are and where your heart is. It's a heart issue. Where is your heart? Where is your heart? Priority to be set. And we not only have a principle to understand, we have a priority that needs to be set. It needs to be nailed down in our lives. And that priority ought to be that God is not just first. He's everything. He's my all in all. Amen. Huh? Him we live and move and have our being. Huh? He's not just first place. He's all the places. Amen. He's all the places. Set the priority, you see. It is a matter of priority. It is a matter of heart. Listen to me. God says you're going to give bountifully. You're going to have to purpose it in your heart. Now listen, you will not give like you ought to give, and I will not give like I ought to give by accident. It is not going to happen by accident. We're not just going to stumble up on doing the right thing, friend. Amen. Amen. You know, you get to get preaching around, you learn how to just amen your own sermons. Yeah, I just amen my own sermon. It's the truth, amen. I just amen it myself. You sorry rascals can't say amen. You're waiting on the bear season to come, and you're going to be yelling and screaming. You sorry rascals. I hope you get under conviction every time you say, ah! oh, oh, excuse me. Amen. That was good, amen. 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 That was great. <laughs> Good preaching, amen. Yes, amen. Man, we need to set the price. Look at Daniel chapter one. <clears throat> now, this isn't giving, but this idea of purposing, man. <laughs> Mr. McNeely mentioned this morning about, the, and I read that article down in down south and trying to teach kids to be that you can be good without God. No, you can only be a heathen without God. That's all you can be without God. Oh, Stinking heathen, man, and you might be nice, but you're just a nice heathen without God. But, 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 but we think about Daniel. boy, we love Daniel, don't we? We love to sing about Daniel. It's not much bad in' there? I don't see anything bad written about Daniel. I mean, he's one of the few guys in the Bible. That you really don't see any bad about Daniel in the Bible. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. And we say, dare to be a Daniel, and to take a stand, amen. Amen. Or dare to stand alone. You don't know what I'm talking about. But look, we admire Daniel. I preach on Daniel. We do character studies on Daniel. Daniel was good. He didn't start being good when he got to be old. He was good from the time he was a youth. Hey, Daniel wasn't good by accident. Daniel didn't keep a pure life and a clean life by accident. Listen to this. Daniel was good on purpose. Because at a point in his life, friend, he purposed in his heart that he would be good and that he would be right with God. He purposed it. He decided it. He set the priorities, amen, that he would be right with God regardless of every other consideration. And we see a man's life that started from a youth on up who stuck by that priority that he set in his life. Look at Daniel chapter 1. Let me turn to it. Daniel chapter 1. See a man that was good on purpose. I like that. Good on purpose. Verse number 6. Verse number 5. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof he might stand, they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah: Daniel, Hananiah, and Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah Shadrach, and unto Mishael um, Meshach, and unto Azariah a Negro. I mean, a bad And uh, verse number eight, but. Daniel purposed in his heart he would not defile himself huh take a little side trip here huh have your purpose in your heart that you would not defile yourself young people adults mom and dad have your purpose in your heart that you will not defile yourself that's why you're whipped up by the devil and his little temptations all the time because you haven't set the priority in your heart yet. And instead of your conviction being rock solid, it's like jello. Purpose it in your heart. Amen. Amen. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Why was Daniel good? Because he purposed in his heart. And God says, in the same way, friend, if we're going to give bountifully, it will be because we purpose in our hearts. Priority to be set. We need to set the priority. Every one of us in here. Man, we just need to knit it out. Bless God, I'm gonna give. I don't care what it takes, God. I don't care what you want. I don't care. God, I'm gonna purpose it in my heart. To give bountifully. Huh? Purpose. Purposing in your heart has the idea of being thoughtful. Now listen to this. Being thoughtful. And you're going to give bountifully. Think about it. Too many fools running around in the world today. It really is. And we really don't need to be foolish about these kind of decisions. Amen. Here's a guy making $5 an hour. He's going to promise God, I'm going to give you $10,000. He ain't never seen $10,000. <laughs> hey, man, get all Mr. Get, get Mr. Roger all excited, man. Huh? And you just working two hours a week at McDonald's, you know. You can tell him where you work. You know? <laughs> I mean, I, but, but th- you know, purpose in your heart means you think it. Think about it. It doesn't mean you're an idiot. Think. You, you know, think, man. Huh? There's no doubt in my mind that if we were really thinking through, we'd see all kind of areas where we waste. We see all kind of areas where we're not efficient. We see all kind of areas that we could give to God. Amen. Huh? But not only that, we need to not only think it through. We need to pray it through also. Huh? We need to not only not make a carnal, com- a, a foolish commitment by not thinking it, thinking about it, but we also need to not make a carnal commitment. Not praying about it. See, it's not a pride thing. It's not a you know outdoing somebody else thing. And it's spiritual. We ought to pray about it and ask God and seek God for what He would have us to do. Now, now, look at what He says here in 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Every man in verse seven, as he according as he purposes in his heart so let him give now get this not grudgingly huh god's not looking for any grudging giver. oh man stewardship bank <laughs> not grudgingly friend you got the wrong attitude hey man you got the wrong attitude I've never seen a person who grudged giving that that life ever turned out right for them. Never seen it. Never, never. And you haven't either. See? I can parade the whole church up here one by one. And a person, you could tell me that a person who grudged what he gave to God, his life was ever anything but miserable. Huh? No, not grudgingly. Uh, He says, nor of necessity. In other words, like somebody's twisting your arm to make Come on, you go to your sucker, give, give. Okay, okay, I got a dollar in my shoe. Okay. We're not Baptist muggers, you know, we're not trying to mug you. Hey, Amen. It's the truth. All they want my money. <laughs> you sorry, Cloud. Where did you to your money? Come on now. Not grudgingly nor of necessity. <laughs> that word necessity literally means painfully. Painfully. And we use that expression. Hey, bless God. Give till it hurts. That's not scriptural at all. God said not of necessity. Not not hey, make a big <laughs> No. We ought to give till it feels good, hey, amen. Huh? Come on now. We ought to give till it feels good. God tells us how to give. He says, every man according to he purpose in his heart, you set the priority." So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. Now get this. For God loveth, what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. What kind of giver? Cheerful. Come on. Y'all can talk. Uh, what kind of giver? Cheerful. cheerful giver. Amen. A cheerful giver. A cheerful giver. Amen. Huh? Amen. Amen, Brother Olson? Come on, Brother. Don't just nod your head. Say amen. Come on. Oh, I was out there with Joe Kaiser, man. Hell, you're talking about a big mouth Baptist boy. Woo! He's my kind of guy, boy. I tell you what, <laughs> he's on fire. Amen. A cheerful giver. Hey, that word cheerful means hilarious. Woo <laughs> The <laughs> word hilarious. That's the word. Amen. Amen. Oh, oh I'm, I'm telling you, man. Are we Baptist or what, amen? Huh? Are we independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, hell-hating, devil-fighting, sin-rejecting, Baptist or what, amen? Oh now, I took a wrong turn in up in the Presbyterian church, amen. Some little snake handle up huh? <sighs> cheerful giver huh hey, amen when the when, when the offering time comes we think that's the time to go into deep meditation hey, amen boy it gets quiet oh, don't, don't let me touch that plate. Oh, not me hey that offering place not a hot potato See you can get it you know whoever's got it in their hands when the music stops out you're out of here buddy Ring it up Woo, he's gone. It's supposed to park with you a while, and so you can have a good time, amen. And you just park it there. Woo-hoo, 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 woo-hoo. Now you know, you know, I'm just exaggerating. But the truth of the matter is, friend, God says the happiest time in the church ought to be when we have an opportunity to give. I don't see anywhere else in the Bible where God talks in, in, the, in that kind of way about something that we do for him. He talks about joy. He talks about uh, faith and other things. But God says when it comes to our giving, that's a time. that ought to be a joyous, hilarious, happy time for Christians. And you know as well as I do, normally... That's not the case. Yeah, it's not the case. You sitting there writing out that check, figuring up, oh man, oh man, man, I to give this, but the rent, oh the rent, Ooh. that car paint oh, oh man. Charmaine needs some contact lenses. Oh. Huh? Man, we're sitting there think about it now. Come on now! I know your phone's ringing. You can sit there and look sophisticated if you want to. Well, hey Amen. i just sit and look at you for a minute. Hey Amen. do look at me. I'll look back at you. Yeah. Uh, Now, that's the kind of giver God loves. Amen. You sit there, man, and you you, you figure out, man, I'm going to give this and that. And, boy, you just start getting happy. You just get excited. Boy, you get motivated. And, boy, you praise the Lord. And God's looking down and saying, yes, yes, I love it, I love it, I love it. Amen. Amen. Sit down there with your... Garters on your arms, got your sleeves up like this. Your visor over your head, you know. <laughs> huh? Lamp shining down on your little desk. <laughs> Sitting there like a little miser. Figuring up every little penny. Begrudging every bit. God saying, <laughs> Keep it. Keep it, you cheapskate! Keep it! The rocks is going, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes! <laughs> Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly, or necessity, for God loving a cheerful giver. A principle to be understood. priority to be set and then finally our promise to be claimed a promise look at what God says in verse number 8 God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work wow that's a tremendous promise let me read that again. And God, now, 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 now think now. He's, he challenged us to be a bountiful giver. He challenged us to give with a blessing. He challenged us that our giving would be a eulogy. That our giving would speak highly of us. Our, 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 our giving would speak well of us. And he said, now, let me give you a tremendous promise with this thing. Verse 8, and he and God is able. Is he able? Amen. Oh, he's able, amen. Well, we could just stop and preach there. He's able, amen. He is able. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. And you always having all sufficiency. Man, look at that. All grace, all sufficiency in all things. Woo! Wow! Think that'll take care of our problems? All right. hey, will it? You you may not realize it. God just covered in that short. You know, boy, it ought to amaze us at the depth and the and 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 many God can say so much in, 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 in so few words. In those few words, in that little phrase, God covered every area of our lives and every need that we could ever have. There is not a need in our lives, friend, that we have now or will ever have that his grace or his sufficiency will not cover. You think of one. Think of one record. Right. Can you think of one? Paul, when he's praying about those afflictions and uh, that, that God would take it away and God said, no, Paul, what did God say? Oh, oh, oh. God said that, that he would give him grace. He said, my grace is what? Fish. In other words, my grace, Paul, <laughs> you're just going to keep the affliction. I'm going to give you something better than me taking the affliction away. I'm going to give you my grace, and listen to me. God says to the bountiful giver, I'll give you all the grace you need in every situation. Amen? You college students, boy, well, already you said, saying, I can't make it. Oh, yes, you can. With God's grace, you can make it. I made it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, squeeze four years into the seven. But I made it, Amen. Say, how'd you make it? By the grace of God, I made it. That's how I made it. Did you want to quit every day? I wanted to quit. The grace of God, Amen. The grace of God, Amen. Driving along that highway. So many times falling asleep in the middle of the highway. Every time I think of it, man, it touches my heart. How did I make it? The grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God. For his grace is sufficient for thee. It is. And I don't know what you're going through. Can I remind you tonight that God loves you and His grace is all you need? All you need. But the promise is to the bountiful giver. It's not just out there to grab, it's out there for the bountiful giver to grab. Not only all grace. It gets better. He says, not only will I give you all grace, in other words, spiritually, inwardly, I'll give you everything that you need to make it. He says also, he says that ye always. Look at the words that God uses. Always. Always, man. All the time. Wow. Having all sufficiency in all things hey amen he's talking about every material need that you and i could ever encounter huh oh we read philippians 4 19. do we read that and boy what we like to oh god said but oh, my god shall supply all you need hey the promise is to the abundant giver And you'll sit there in your miserable, wretched condition, trying to work up some faith in something that you have no right to claim. Amen. What these naming and claiming folks do—they get you convinced that you can work up enough faith in something to claim something that you have no right to claim. Says, if I will give abundantly, if I give with a blessing, if I give with my heart, man, if, if my giving is my life, if my giving is me, it's my spirituality, it's my testimony, it's my eulogy, if I give that way. God says I'll have all grace and all sufficiency always in all things. I want to tell you something tonight. There were, there's been times in my life when I didn't think I had all sufficiency and all things. There's been times in my life when just looking at the natural thing, I thought, man, God, I don't have nothing. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But guess what? I always made it. I always made it. And I'm still making it. Amen! Huh? Man, you hear people talk about, I listened to that, I wasn't here, He listened to that message by Pat Creed, man. Talking about how that he was in Bible college and God challenged him to give and man, they, they pledged they're gonna give $5 more a week or something, man. And they didn't want no, no money for bread. <laughs> they, you know, they go to the resale bread place and buy bread. And the uh, guy in the car and the wife's like, you know, we gonna go buy bread. And he was just getting ready to say, there ain't no money for bread. Somebody walks by and drops some money in his hand. Now I love to hear them stories, but you know what? It don't never happen for me like that. <laughs> I end up sitting with no bread. You see a joker walk out with bags of bread and I still don't have no bread. And I dare to say, friend, though that's good preaching and that, I'm I'm not doubting anything he said, and that does happen, I'm saying that the normal thing, most of you out there can identify with me. You're sitting there and the need is there and nobody knocks on your door and say, hey, just thought I'd stop by and drop $5,000 off on you. (laughs) We make a grave mistake if we think that that's what giving produces. God does do that. He can do that, and at times He will do that. That's not the thing to look for. Man, I've learned that. Don't look for that. Don't look for the knock on the door. Man, love when you've given with your heart, you've given with your life. Hey, when the need is there, just look away to God. Oh, look away to God. You'll find something much more precious than a loaf of bread. find the stuff that God's children are made of. You find the stuff that makes you want to love him more than you ever loved him before. And be more right with him than you've ever been before. And isn't that what we need? Prayer can't do that. A couple of dollars can't do that. The promise we claim—sad thing—and so, 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 so many of us, I think, will never, ever know anything about that because we're afraid, we have no faith, priorities all messed up. We don't really grasp a hold of that principle of giving. And we'll never be able to claim the promise. Huh? You see, the purpose of this promise is so that the bountiful giver may be enabled by God to abound in every good work. Now notice, and, and, and I'm, I'm about through verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in every good work. And you know what that I means? Tremendous thought here. How I give has a direct impact upon every other area of my life. I'm a Sunday school teacher. How I give affects my effectiveness as a Sunday school teacher. I'm a father, and I am. My giving... Affects my ability to be the right kind of father that ye may abound in every good work. How I give affects how, what kind of soul I'm going to be. It affects college students. What kind of college student I'm going to be. Every area, huh? Every that ye may abound in every to every good work. Huh. Let me conclude. I conclude by just restating the truth. The truth is this. God challenges us to be bountiful givers. Bountiful givers. In other words, to give in such a way (coughs) that it that, that that it's a eulogy for our lives. It speaks well of us, it, it it says good things about our lives, give with a blessing, so that God can in turn bless us in such a way that we will see great results and tremendous results in every other area of our lives. that's the truth. That's that's everything I've said in a nutshell. God challenges me and you to be bountiful givers, so that he can turn around and bless us in such a way. Now that may or may not be a certain amount of money. That he can bless us in such a way that, that, that every other area of our lives will abound with fruitfulness and blessing. You see? as Robert talked about today, his children and, 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 and uh, uh, all of the other things. Man, you, you know, wow. Uh, that's tremendous. Man, I look at my children, and uh, man, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Huh? <laughs> man, praise God. Huh? Now I look at my church, Man, I was thinking today, boy, it's good to be back home. How? Oh, see some of your ugly faces? But it's good to see. You. I hope you, some of you fooled me enough to think, well, it's good to see your ugly face too, boy. Man, but it's a blessing to have a church, man, a good church. Man, a church, man. Huh? A preacher. Man, I, man, I tell you what, I just I felt good to see the preacher, amen. Huh? I sat back there in the choir and he heard my voice and he said, he turned halfway around and said, oh, see, there's a man back there today. I said, yeah, man, there's a man back here today. There? <laughs> amen. Huh? Hey, man, j- j- just that little thing, you, you know, man, a lot, but just a little love. He just, he just loved me a little bit, you know, praise the Lord, man, we got so much. God blesses us. Man, I look at my life. I'm so blessed. It's unreal. It is unreal. Wow. Now to forget. Now, let me challenge you. Do you understand the principle involved here? Do you? Do you understand? If you do, do it like that. Do you? If you don't, now don't fool me. Do you understand the principle? Come on now. Help me now. Come on, Andy. Help me now. All right. All right. Now the question. Now, so so. Next question is, uh, you don't have to answer this, but I, but but. But here's the challenge: Are you operating in it in such a way that God will bless you in the way that He says here? Are you operating in it? You see, remember, as you sow, you reap. Next, have you purposed in your heart? Man, the, the, you know this stewardship thing's coming up. I mean, it's here. You're still wavering. You're still fooling around. You're still, you know. Man, don't be a deadbeat about this thing. Go on and purpose in your heart. Determine, determine in your heart, friend, where your priorities are. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Set the priority. Get that part straight. And that'll solve a whole lot of problems. And here's the next thing. Can you honestly claim the promise in verse 8? Can you honestly claim it? Huh? Can you honestly claim it? Hey, if not, friend, it's for you. You got to meet the condition. Got to meet the condition. You need to start. Things are going to turn around overnight. There's no, you know, voila type stuff. Voila. All my problems are gone. So it take, takes us a while to dig these holes, don't it? Amen. Amen. Come on. I want to tell you something, friend. You can start tonight to start, to, to, if you've got the process going the wrong way, you can get the process working back the right way. You start tonight, you see. And at least the process will start working for you instead of against you, you see. huh? Are you abounding in everywhere? How is your ministry? How is that bus ministry? How is that Sunday school class? How is that nursing home ministry? How is that ministry? Huh? How is it? If there's problems, friend, I'm telling you, from God's word, we don't have to go far. Let's just go back to our giving. Let's go back to it. not saying every problem. I know the devil's out there. He's real, you know, and I know that. But, friend, God tells us here that the source of, of many of our failures is because of this giving thing. We need to take care of it. Be a bountiful giver. Let's bow our heads. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. There's things that we need to consider tonight. What kind of a giver are we? See, it's not a challenge of whether or not you give. I don't think there's hardly anybody here that doesn't give. And there's not very many people in here that don't tithe. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. But are you giving with a blessing? Are you giving bountifully? Is your giving a testimony of your life and your love for God? Because in reality, it is. You, you don't love much, you don't give much. You're not committed much, you don't give much. just that simple. You're here tonight, and you say, God challenged my heart. God spoke to my heart. Maybe tonight, if maybe it wasn't all the years, maybe just one of the years. Maybe this thing of priorities, and you need to get some priorities set tonight. Or maybe you just need to get back to that principle, and, and you violated that principle. Huh? God spoke to your heart tonight. And you show by the raising your hand that God dealt with your heart. Would you do it now? Would you raise your hand? God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my heart. All right, amen. Anybody else? God spoke to my heart. Don't have an altar call. Anybody else? God spoke to my heart. Anybody else? Come on. How about it, college students? Huh? Come on now. Some of you already thought about quitting. No, you don't need to quit. You need to get a hold of God. That's what you need to do. Some of you already looked at your finances and say, I'm never going to make it. No, doing it your way, you won't. Doing it God's way, you will. How about it? Anybody else? God spoke to my heart. God spoke to my heart. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, you say, Brother McCoy, I'm not even saved. I would to die tonight. I'm not even sure I'd go to heaven. I'd like to be saved. I'd like to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. You say, I'm not saved. Pray for me that I'll get saved. Would you raise your hand tonight? Would you raise your hand tonight? Pray for me that I'll get saved. Pray for me that I'll come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Anybody like that tonight? Would you just slip your hand up? We'll pray for you. Nobody's going to embarrass you. We'll, we will pray for you. Anybody like that here tonight? Anybody like that here tonight? Okay, I see a hand back there. All right. Anybody else? I need to get saved tonight. need to get it taken care of. Uh, come on now. I need to get it taken care of. Amen. Anybody else? I need to get saved. Hold it up so I can see it. See, you know, if you just do it a little bit, I can't see it. I want to pray for you. Do nobody's going to embarrass you. Okay, I see your hand. I see it. You can put it down. Anybody else? I need to get saved, Brother McCoy. I'm not even saved yet. If I were to die tonight, I'm not even sure I'll go to heaven. You need to get it taken care of. Anybody else like that? Anybody else? Quickly, please. Quickly. We don't want to see you go to hell. We want you to go to heaven when you're dying. God's made it possible. Anybody else all right, heads about, eyes are closed. We're a couple of hands raised for salvation. I'm going to ask you after I get done praying, if you do this, if you leave your seat and just step out to the center aisle or whatever aisle you're closest to, and make your way down front. There'll be somebody down here to meet you, and they'll show you what to do so that you can be saved. And now, please do that. If you raise your hand for salvation, you come forward and and uh, and let God save you tonight. In just a moment, let's stand our feet with our heads bowed, our eyes closed. I'm going to pray, and after the prayer. You have a need to come to the altar, you come. And if certainly if you're not saved, you come tonight and get it settled.
0: Thanks for listening to The Baptist Pulpit. Second Timothy chapter four says, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We pray that through the challenging preaching of the Word of God today, that you will be encouraged to stay faithful in preaching the Word and hearing the Word. Lester Roloff many years ago said, the world's greatest need is preaching preachers. Let's pray that in this day and this hour, we will stay faithful to the preaching of Jesus Christ. Thanks again for listening to The Baptist Pulpit.